This is TMA with Nick Hamilton. Wake your goat mouth ass up. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know what this is coming down through the audience. But look like he just came out of the basement. TMA with Nick Hamilton. You know what I'm saying? Thank you because, because now. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be on this planet. Hope everybody had a great Turkey Day holiday and a great weekend and also a great start to the brand new week. Ooh, a whole lot to talk about. A lot of plates are going to be stacked on this episode. So you definitely want to get your knife and your fork and your, and your side plate ready because we got a whole lot to talk about on this episode. We're going to talk some NFL. What a wacky weekend in the NFL. Another wacky weekend in the world of college football. And we're going to get into some NBA. And also we're going to remember a cultural icon uh, who left us this past weekend. Definitely want to give some props and, and, some, and give him his flowers as well as we continue to move forward. And... Uh, First and foremost, before we get started, I definitely want to make sure you follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. You can also catch me all the latest and greatest in the world of sports, politics, pop culture. You can see the latest and greatest interviews. I have a whole lot of content coming your way very, very soon. So make sure you catch all everything up at www.youtube.com slash NH Experience TV. All right, y'all. USC finally struck Cardinal and gold with their recent hire of Lincoln Riley. Now, Lincoln Riley is the former Oklahoma Sooners coach who recently made it was announced on Sunday that he was the official new person to take over the head coaching position. What's interesting about this is the fact that this is not something that happened overnight. This is something that has been in talks for probably a week or two. Because nobody's going to sit there over in the course of two days after they finish playing their rival in Oklahoma State, who lost a tight game, by the way, against Oklahoma State. Both have solid records. And all of a sudden, you're going to take the USC job just like that. Nah, that's not how it happens. Lincoln Riley, this was a home run hit for USC. USC had to do something. They were atrocious this year. If, and I'm being kind when I say that. They got the brakes beat off of them by their rival UCLA. Remember that 62 to 33 onslaught? And I'm going to tell you something. This Lincoln Riley hire was motivated not just because USC had to get back on the map. When your rival does better than you and they have a quarterback that pretty much outplayed you, and they're going to a bowl game, and you're going to be sitting on the couch watching everybody else in their bowl game, that doesn't sit well. Not with the boosters, not with the athletic department, not with the fan base, and the former alums. Because a lot of the alums, we saw Matt, Matt Leinert, we saw Reggie Bush, we saw Keyshawn Johnson. All of these guys came out against USC and said, look, this team stinks. It's time. It's, I've never seen a team be this bad. And they have it. All those guys played on pretty decent, if not great teams in the past. And now all of a sudden, you finally f- fire Gomer Helton. And you keep the rest of his staff as, as if his fingerprints aren't continuing on the staff. 
You can't recruit in, inside your own state. You suck at that. Dante Williams has no business being a head coach anywhere. He is horrible. He needs work. He is not media savvy. He is not uh, he is not head coaching material. Could be a great recruiter. I'm sure he is. I know a lot of kids like him when they talk to him. But he's not head coaching material at all. And USC had to do something. USC had to be relevant in Los Angeles, not just in the nation. Los Angeles first and foremost. This is a this is a town full of stars. You have LeBron James, you have Kawhi Leonard, you have Paul George, you have the Dodgers, you have LAFC, you have the Clippers opening their brand new arena in about two years. You got the one of the greatest stadiums in all of sports and all of the country in SoFi Stadium. You have the Los Angeles Rams. You have Justin Herbert and the Chargers. There's a lot of competition here. You have the LA Kings. There is a lot of competition in Los Angeles. You have to fight to be on the front page. And yes, traditionally, this is a Dodger and Laker town. But at once upon a time, when Pete Carroll was here, USC was that third that slid in that third spot. They were that third team in Los Angeles. Mind you, LA didn't have a pro football team at that time either. So all eyes were on USC. So now the competition has gotten heavier. And USC has to be relevant because they were not relevant. Fans weren't coming to games. I mean, it, it looked like somebody told told people to stay home. They were giving out free money if you stayed home. That's how bad it was. You got you lost to BYU. And, not, and don't get me wrong. BYU had a really good season this year. But you lost games that you should have won. And that's, it's not because this team is – USC has some talent on this team. It needs to be cultivated, but USC has some talent on this team. But you need the USC had to get someone who could recruit. If you cannot recruit, you're not going to be back in this in in the fold in the glory days of Pete Carroll and days beyond that, when John Robinson and got and then in those days when USC was known as a football school. This is a great hire not only for USC but it's great for the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 is thinner than the anorexic model when it comes to talent and when it comes to competition. And also too. USC had to be looking at Oregon, who, who ironically last season came in and beat the brakes off of them last season. So you're looking at Oregon, you're looking at UCLA. USC had to make this hire. And yeah, there's a lot of people that are mad at Lincoln Riley and say, oh, he left Oklahoma. This was this was conspired uh, a while ago and all this. Yeah, it probably was. So what? Coaches move all the time. And I'd be willing to bet there are going to be some some commits that are, going to, that are now going to decommit from Oklahoma because of Lincoln Riley. And maybe half of those commits come to USC. But Lincoln Riley is smart. Let me explain to you why Lincoln Riley is smart. A lot of people criticize him for saying, oh, see, he didn't really want to go to the SEC because he knew it was going to be co- competitive. And he was going to really have to work. Question, who in the hell wants to do extra work when they don't have to? We all want the easy route. Don't tell me you more of a man or more of a person because, oh, man, I work harder. I sleep less. I put in more hours. I put in more work. Okay, you want a cookie? So what? So if you put in 11 hours and I put in six, but I I accomplished more in six than you did in 11, who's the smarter one? I'll wait. So that's exactly what Lincoln Riley did. Lincoln Riley pretty much followed the technology rule. Why do we have technology, ladies and gentlemen? 
It's to make it easier on our lives, right? It's, 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 it's supposed to make it easy, and it does make it easy on our lives. If you don't believe me, look at Zoom. Look at StreamYard. You can sit in the comfort of your home, in your PJs, or wherever, however you want to dress, and have a full-blown full meeting over the, over the internet through Zoom or StreamYard. Instead of driving an hour or so away to meet your party to have that same meeting, is that not smart? So do we not do we not take advantage of smart moves and making better moves, especially with the gas prices in California being five plus dollars a gallon? Of course you do. So why so why not Lincoln Riley for taking a smart route? Less competition, right? A little easier road to get to the Pac-12 championship and possibly get into the college football playoff. As they as we as we move forward, you know they're going to expand the college football playoff. So be prepared. And I and I will say this much before I go there. It's gonna take a season and a half, possibly, for Lincoln Riley to turn this program around. Now he had a press conference on Monday, and Lincoln Riley looked like he fits at USC. When he walked into the room, he looked like he fit at USC. This was a home run hire that they needed to have. Mike Bone, props to Mike Bone for making this happen. Um, the problem I say is let Mike Bone do his job. Carol Folt needs to stay the hell out the way. You go focus on the academics since you feel like academics usurps athletics at this particular school, which now you see that it doesn't. You go and deal with the academics. Let Mike Bone and the athletic department and the boosters handle the athletic portion of the school because apparently you can't find you can't find the right candidate because you you, you, you bobbled the last candidate you could have had two years ago in urban meyer now he's in jacksonville so you're lucked up this time and getting lincoln riley so let mike bone do, do the job that he's there to do because usc can turn this thing around like I said, I give it a season and a half. It's gonna, he's going to build a culture there just like he did in Oklahoma behind Bob Stoops. He's going to build the same type of culture. The question is, what is he going to do about the defense? Because USC's defense was dead last in the Pac-12. So I was giving up points. So that's my question. If he can fix the defense, but it's also about recruiting too. Because if you can't recruit in your own backyard, you have no chance in hell. And Lincoln Riley is proven that he can recruit and now he has that that Midwest, as we call that Midwest swing, between Texas, Oklahoma, the entire Midwest, and all the West the West Coast. Because trust me, college football is better when the West Coast is involved, especially the Pac-12. When it comes to USC and Oregon, and now you got a you got a pretty up and coming UCLA football program, that makes college football better. No different than what we saw with Ohio State and Michigan. I'm not anti-Ohio State. I don't have a dog in the fight. But I love to see that Michigan finally beat Ohio State in the rivalry game, and now they're moving on to the Big Ten Championship. Finally, Jim Harbaugh, I don't know what he put in that glass of milk this time, but apparently it worked because he was able to steamroll over the Ohio State Buckeyes, who were number two in the country at the time, which is not an easy task because that's, that's not a lap dog team for the Buckeyes. But Michigan came in there. They, they made a couple of mistakes, but they settled down, they struck often, and they made sure they buckled down on defense. And that's exactly what they had to do. And that's why this team is a special team. And Jim Harbaugh, even, I know he signed an extension with Michigan, but don't, do not be surprised 
if Jim Harbaugh wins the Big Ten championship and moves into the college football playoff, don't be surprised if the NFL teams come sniffing around because you know that's what they're prone to do. But if I'm Jim Harbaugh, why would I leave Michigan? And, and, and to take on some sorry franchise that I'm going to have to try to turn around and make miracles out of. If I'm Jim Harbaugh, I stay at Michigan. Because here's, a, here's an interesting fact, too. Michigan stuck it out with Jim Harbaugh. They could have easily gotten rid of him after a few years. Because he, he could not beat Ohio State to save his life. But they finally got the recruiting that they needed. They got the players in place that they needed. And they got the job done. And again, against a number two team in the nation, the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I believe this Saturday going to beat Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. Now, here's the interesting part about this. Bama in the Iron Bowl against Auburn looked terrible for three and a half quarters. I think Bryce Young has a bright future ahead of him. The only thing that concerns me about Bryce Young, he needs to run more. Get out there and run. Yes, we know you can beat, you can beat teams with your arm. And we know the poise that you displayed, especially in that fourth quarter and those four overtimes, because that was probably one of the best games that we saw in college football in a long time. Four overtimes for a D1 school to go up against another D1 school in the Iron Bowl, actually, and, 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 and with the future of the Alabama Crimson Tide on the line as far as their national championship hopes. And for them to beat their rival, Auburn, 24-22 in four overtimes? Speaks volumes. But now here's the interesting part. Because the AP poll recently came out. Now, we, now Tuesday night is when the, the college football playoff poll will come out. But the AP poll is interesting because, yes, Georgia's number one. They destroyed Georgia Tech. I don't even need to talk about them. I mean, they gave them the Krispy Kreme Award. But now, so the AP poll, let me look it up right quick. So the AP poll, according to, let's see. All right. So you got, let's look at the AP poll. I hate this crap. It's like, dude, this show the damn poll. All right. So you got Georgia at number one. Michigan is number two. Cincinnati is three. Alabama is four. Now, knocking on the door are the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who recently beat former Lincoln Riley's team, the Oklahoma Sooners. You got six at Notre Dame, seven Buckeyes fell to seven, eight is Ole Miss, nine is Baylor, and 10 are the Oregon Ducks who will be facing the Utah Utes in the Pac-12 championship on Friday. Now, if Michigan wins, right, and let's say Alabama beats Georgia, and it's a tight game, maybe three or four points, like what we saw against Auburn, does Cincinnati get screwed? over strength strength of schedule because they play in a weaker conference who gets who gets left out i'm saying cincinnati because of strength of schedule because if you you let georgia fall out of the top four with one loss and it was a tight loss against an sec opponent like alabama who's already ranked at four do you let a one loss oklahoma state team into the college football playoff that's the question i wonder and when we come back, we're going to jump into that. You're checking out TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Stay tuned. Yo, what's up? Baby, let's go. This is Tua Tungle by Lloyd. Yo, Sway Calloway. This is Spice Adams. This is Michael, the playmaker everywhere. What's up? This is Grok, and you're listening to Slam, Slam Radio. Radio. Sirius XM. Yeah. 
There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com slash hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see why it's a bad idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look. Back. You give that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good a thing little nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you can be a Richard sometime. <laughs> Good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning and go, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. You, you got to take those losses. You got to take those hits. There's got to be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 294.9, iHeart Latino.
Welcome back to TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. Make sure you check us out at nightcastmedia.com for all the latest and greatest in the world of sports, pop culture, entertainment, tech, and community. All right, y'all. So before the break, we were talking about what could potentially happen in the college football playoff hole. Now, who's going to get screwed? A lot of people think Cincinnati is safe. Some people don't think Cincinnati is safe. I don't know if they're safe or not because a lot of times we all know these bowl games thrive on one thing outside of the football field, and that's money. It boils down to economics. As I've said time and time again on this program, it's all about the bottom line. Who contributes to the bottom line? Who takes away from the bottom line? We all know Alabama brings in money. We know Georgia brings in money. We know Michigan brings in money because them and their people travel very well. If you've watched any type of Rose Bowl games in the past, they will travel from Ann Arbor all the way to Pasadena just to get a glimpse of the California sunshine, as they like to say. The Cincinnati bring in money. We know the great job that Luke Fickle has done with that program and actually putting Cincinnati back on the map as far as the football program is concerned. However, is it enough to stay in the college football playoff picture? Because you have a one-loss Oklahoma State team that just beat a ranked Oklahoma team. You still have Notre Dame looming in the midst. And you still got Ohio State, who is now a two-loss team. So you don't even you, you could throw Ohio State out. Basically, what I'm looking at is if Alabama beats Georgia, does Georgia fall completely out the top four? Or do you make them four and move Bama to possibly two or even the number one spot, depending on what happens with Michigan? I tend to believe that somebody's going to get screwed. Okay, let's say Georgia beats Alabama and they beat them by three or four points and it's a tight game, much like how we saw again, like we saw with the Auburn-Alabama game. Do you remove Alabama out of the top four spot? Because now there'd be a two-loss team. And do you slide Oklahoma State into the four spot because they're a one-loss team and more than likely they're going to win their game in the Big 12? So I got to have somebody help me with this because Jake Warner, his government name, but I know it's Big Brother Jake. I know you caught a lot of these college football games, especially over the course of the season. Who gets screwed, man? Because I, I, I have a sneaky suspicion they're going to screw. They're going to screw. Cincinnati, especially if Bama wins on yeah. Saturday in the SEC championship. You, you know, the thing is, because Cincinnati, well, they're not really what you would consider a powerhouse. They're going to get screwed, and they're going to get screwed badly. And they shouldn't because they got a good program this year. And even last year they had a great program. So I, I always think about they don't get the respect they deserve. They're a damn good football team. You know, they, they've been running on all cylinders this year. They're a powerhouse this year. But because they're not Auburn or Alabama or USC or Oregon, they're going to get screwed because they're Cincinnati. Yeah, I think so, too, especially if Bama Bama beats Georgia. Now, this is also interesting, too. Quarterback, the the, the 2019 five-star quarterback and Spencer Rattler from Oklahoma Sooner has, has officially entered the transfer portal. Yeah. You're making sense there, man. Want to take a guess where he's going to try to end up going? Well, my guesses haven't been good lately because I was trying to bring back Orgeron to USC. So I ain't the I told you that wasn't going to happen. I told you that. <laughs> that was wishful thinking on my part. You know, so I'm not in the prediction business, bro. <laughs> my record is crappy. 
let's just say the colors won't be too different where he's where he's going to end up probably end up going lay it on the people, in the transfer in, in the transfer portal it wouldn't surprise me <laughs> I, I don't have any sources i don't i'm not it just not with just thinking clearly and out loud it wouldn't surprise me if spencer rattler made his pilgrimage out west mm, let's put it that way mm, interesting let's put it that way because okay. I wasn't impressed with Jackson Dart. I think Jackson Dart has some flashes. I think he has some potential, but I got a chance to get Spencer Rattler in a better offense. Eh, I'm gonna I'm gonna roll it. I'm gonna roll that way. But anyway, you might be right, brother. Here's a here's the thing. Everything could go haywire because we don't know. Nothing is set until after the the bowl games this week, the championship games this weekend, right? You have the Pac-12 championship mm-hmm. on Friday. You have the Big Ten. I believe the SEC and the Big 12 championship on Saturday, right? Mm-hmm. I believe Conference USA championship is also this weekend. Um, so there's a lot of things that can happen, right? Like Iowa could completely just beat up on Michigan because Michigan put so much into the Ohio State win. They could come out flat, mm-hmm. end up losing Iowa to spoil their season, mm-hmm. right? Which wouldn't be bad because here's a theory I thought too. Okay, let's say Michigan loses, right? What if Michigan and Oregon got together in the Rose Bowl? Ooh. How big would that be? That would be huge. Right? That would be huge. Right? Because that would be a game that people want to – because both both schools they, – they travel, travel. They travel very well. And Michigan has a lot of people in L.A. that oh, yeah. went to Michigan or from Michigan oh, that yeah. would actually come to the game. Yep, you'll, right? see, you'll see them all up in the Rose Bowl. Exactly. And then Oregon is right down the way, so it's not far. Because, I mean, the last time I went to a Rose Bowl game – that's when Justin Herbert was in his final year before he got drafted to the Chargers. And there was a lot of sea of green in that stadium. Mm-hmm. Right. So that shows me Oregon travels pretty well. Right. And it's Nike U. So right. Right. go figure. Yep. Um, it's basically Nike against Jordan Brand. Um, so nobody loses in that game as far as the, the out, off the field stuff goes. But the, the crazy thing about the college football, and I'll wrap it up with this. Mm-hmm. This is probably the wackiest season in college football we've seen in a long time because you don't know who's truly going to make it and not make it. Everybody counted out Alabama against Auburn. Nobody figured Georgia would last this long, but you look at their, look at their schedule. I mean, they pretty much had a lot of cupcakes along the way. Oh, yeah. Nobody figured Cincinnati would be in the college football playoff, even be in the talk for the college football playoff last year going into this year. Mm-hmm. Right. Michigan beating Ohio State. Something they have not done in what five tries. <laughs> yeah. So who 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 knew? I mean, who knew? But it's I, I've enjoyed the season. I loved it. I think the USC news was huge. That I was, think it took a lot of it took a lot of weight off everything else as far as his bold picture is concerned oh yeah. and who oh yeah. who's in it. I think they pretty much nailed the headlines, at least for the for, for this coming week. They did until we get the, the, the championship games popping off. But Listen, I think it's for uh, it's remarkable. And LA is a town that you got to win. Oh yeah, and the the Rams did not did not pull that off at Lambeau <laughs> Field on Sunday. The Rams had you had two weeks to prepare for a dude that's on nine toes. Yeah. Aaron Rodgers had nine toes. He was playing on <laughs> nine. He didn't practice all week, mm. so you would think there would be some rust or some type of you know, timing issues, at least in the beginning of the game, because he hadn't practiced with his team. And there was quite a few guys that were injured that were first string guys, especially yeah. on the O-line. 
guys that were injured. And let me tell you, it meant absolutely nothing. The Rams had two weeks to prepare. OBJ got in the playbook. Von Miller got in his playbook on the defensive side. And they all looked horrific. Yeah, it looked as if they didn't practice, rehearse, read a playbook, do nothing. It, Man, the, the Rams are Matthews, going downward spiral quickly. Third straight loss. Mm. Matthew Stafford threw two picks. Matthew Stafford has thrown a pick in in the last three losses, has thrown a pick in each of these losses. Mm. The problem with Matthew, this is the thing that gets me with Matthew Stafford. This is a division that you played in majority of your career. Yeah. You play the Packers at least twice a year, yeah. once at Lambeau, once inside the dome. Yep. You should you should understand Lambeau better than anybody. You outside think? of Aaron Donald and those guys that played last year in the playoffs right. against the, the Packers. Right. Right. But he's had the most experience against the Packers. Yep. And look like crap. And to me, yes, he was throwing behind guys, overthrew guys through interceptions, trying to get – and it's almost like he's trying to force a play. Like he's trying to make that gigantic big-time play instead yeah. of just throwing it downfield. And, so and I don't away, understand yeah. that. Yep, yep. It is, it is mind-boggling to me. And, yes, okay, so Matthew Stafford finished 21-38 to 38 for 302 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. He got sacked twice. Again, holds on to the ball way too much. Mm-hmm. Aaron, Mr. Nine Toes, I like to call him known as Aaron Rodgers, 28 for 45, 307, threw two touchdowns, sacked only once for no for no game. The thing that, that stood out to me, Jake, was the fact that when I looked at the the Green Bay running the running backs, right? Mm-hmm. I looked at Aaron Jones. AJ Dillon was a damn truck. I mean, he made the second, he he pretty much pumped the secondary all by himself. All by himself. That one play. When he trucked Taylor Rapp, <laughs> and it took two defensive defensive guys on the Rams to try to bring this dude down, he was still dragging him until he finally fell three or four yards later. Yeah, that is the kind of stuff that people. And I, I watched, and I watched the message boards. I've watched Twitter. A lot of Rams fans were pissed because, and, and rightfully they should be, yeah. because they didn't. Even though the score showed them losing by a touchdown. That game was was well out of hand even before yeah. it got that close. That was a garbage yeah. time touchdown. That last one, yep, that they it threw. sure was. And it, and congrats to, o, to Odell Beckham Jr. getting his first touchdown as a, as a LA Ram. I think that's probably the only highlight that I saw the the majority of the game. Um, you know, as far as him getting into rhythm and him finally, yeah. you know, finding his stride and burning and showing people that he still can burn you. <laughs> if you give yeah. him enough separation, right. he can still burn you. Yeah. Um, so I don't blame this on OBJ at all. But I look at Matthew Stafford. I look at the O line with the penalties. Yeah. Um, they the inability to convert, especially on third downs. Um, keeping the chains moving on the first two drives of the opening of the opening of the game. Mm-hmm. This is a Rams team that needs to do some serious soul searching. And whether it's the play calling, whether it's Sean McVay not being able to give it up as far as allowing his coordinators to call more plays that they see instead of him being domineering and calling the plays, um, him being a better game manager, mm-hmm. more like Belichick versus a lot of these coaches that are in the NFL that want to call all the plays. And I look at this Rams team like they're in, they're in serious trouble. And I said it yesterday. I said, excuse me, on Sunday, 
them not beating Green Bay, they're, they're more likely may not make the Super Bowl. You, you think Their Mc... Super Bowl chances have dwindled. You think McVay lost the locker room already? No. No, I don't think he lost the locker room. But I, I think I do think guys are, are starting to get pissed off and, and agitated because of what they're seeing. I mean, Jalen Ramsey didn't play that well either. Jalen no, Ramsey got blown by about – I saw about two or three times. And then when Aaron Rodgers went out on that – on that, I believe it was like a slant, yeah. when he went in to the – I mean, Jalen Ramsey was doing his best trying to chase a nine-toe Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> and, that, and that man was in some serious pain. Because yeah. you saw him limping yeah. when he was getting, getting back to the huddle. He was in serious pain. Yep. And, and you can't it. catch a nine-toe Aaron Rodgers from getting into the end zone? He's already not mobile. I mean. And, <laughs> really? And you're Jalen Ramsey? And again, I think Jalen Ramsey is a, is a top-notch corner, of quarterback. Course he is. I'm yes. not saying he's not. He's, of course he is. But he did, He damn sure didn't show it on Sunday. No. And that's, that's going to be a problem. And here's a trap game. Because now on Sunday at SoFi, they play against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who is a, a completely different team. That's not an automatic are, win. That's not an automatic win. No, it's win. not. I can't. I could no longer say wins are automatic for this Rams team. Nope. You know, they have six more to go, and Sean McVay was very adamant when he said, well, we got six more to go. I still believe in Matthew Stafford. What else is he going to say? Of course he's going to believe yeah, in Matthew Stafford. Yeah, they're going to say, hey, I don't believe gonna, in my quarterback. He sucks. Yeah. <laughs> and they have, no, and they have no, no adequate backup. You know, it's not like you got a Colin, a Colin Kaepernick sitting behind him, right. you know, that you can go to. Yep. You know what I mean? So you have to, you have to believe in Matthew Stafford. You have no choice. But at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, it's like, you know, what does this Rams team need to do to get over this hump? Because listen, they don't have any easy games. They got the Jacksonville Jaguars, and then they play a Monday night showdown in the desert yep. against the Arizona Cardinals, who more than likely are going to be the number one team in the NFC. Right. They're going to have the number one seed because mm-hmm. I, I think they may, they may end up beating the Rams. Then the Rams play. They play the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore. Uh, I think I think they play the. Did I play the Vikings? I gotta look at the schedule. But I know at the end of the year they play the San Francisco 49ers at SoFi. Right. We all have an idea how that's how that could turn out. So there's a lot of factors that are going with this Rams team. They need to figure it out this week. They got a lot of soul searching to do. They need to figure out what needs to what needs to move. And maybe Sean McVay needs to step back just a little bit. And allow his coordinators to come up with some plans and see what his what his coordinators come up with. He has his hands in too there. many cookie jars right now, man. That's the problem. I think his ego is allowing this to happen, and it shouldn't happen. You know, he, he has and he has a great staff, but he doesn't. No, he does. He, you know, but the thing, and I, and I, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just saying. You know, I I think that he doesn't trust his staff enough, and he micromanages, and that's why things fall apart and come up short because his ego won't allow them to do their job because he's the coach and he will, he's a good play caller. But lately he's not the best play caller, you know, that everyone's used to seeing. And he could have been figured out at this point too. I mean, you look yeah. at Matt LaFleur, you look at Kyle Shanahan, they yep. all out-coached him yep. in, in each of their meetings this year alone. So when I look at that, and then plus, do they have the proper personnel to execute some of these plays that they were accustomed to executing. Last year, they were the number one defense because they had the personnel to be the number one defense. Troy right. Hill, JJ, you know, you had you had Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. You had a lot of coverage. You had an up-and-coming, uh, uh, you know, some up-and-coming players as well. Yeah. You know, and then you also, obviously, you have Aaron Donald. But you got guys that, that really were able to 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 be, to, to, to rally around each other and to call those plays. You know, you, didn't have, you had a young Jordan Fuller. And as, as I've said time and time again, I think they took the training wheels off a little too soon on Jordan Fuller. I think they should have tried to keep either Troy Hill or John Johnson the third, at least to kind of give him some cushion and some leeway so he right. can continue to learn the position and be that guy that they ultimately see him being. 
And I think that's going to be a problem as they move down the stretch. Coming up on the other side of the break, we're going to get into the Los Angeles Chargers and their woes and debacle in the Mile High City, as well as some NBA news and notes. And, of course, you know, we're going to cook up something good for y'all in the moment's brunch. So you want to stay tuned here on Sirius XM Slam Radio 145. This is Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. We are strong, we are resilient, and we will get through this together. But these are stressful times, and it's important to also practice good self-care. It's normal to feel overwhelmed, anxious, or afraid, but there is hope. Reach out to someone, connect with your friends, stay in touch with your community, and know that you are not alone. Learn more at wearebroadcasters.com hope. Furnished by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. Good morning, amigo. But you I'm see why it's a bad oh. idea to do that? I didn't Bro, cry during the talk. Good thing, good thing, you're going to be home today so nobody can see you cry. But I was fine. I didn't even cry. I was like, good. No, but the silence afterwards is enough. Oh, and then you give me that puppy look back. You give me that puppy look you have. I'm just holding it back a little. Give good thing nobody can see crying tonight. I'm fine. Stay home, privacy of your own home, watch it on Zoom. <laughs> you, know, you can be a Richard sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> good morning, amigo. Weekdays, 7 to 11, only on Sirius XM 145 Slam Radio. Social Security is with you through life's journey from birth to retirement. As your life changes year to year, so do your needs. For over 80 years, Social Security has helped to meet your needs and is committed to improving access to the services that make a difference in your life. Today, you can verify your earnings, estimate your future benefits, apply for retirement, manage your benefits, and even change your address, all from the comfort of your home. Social Security's online services help put you in control with secure access to your information anytime, anywhere, allowing you to spend more time with family, friends, or simply just enjoying the day. Social Security, securing today and tomorrow. See what you can do online at socialsecurity.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. I'm constantly failing, guys. I'm constantly learning. It's not how you fall, it's how you get back up. There's no losing, only learning. There's no failure, only opportunities. And there's no problems, only solutions. So to me, what failure is, failure is the mother of all success. But I really get motivated when people tell me it'll never happen. That, that to me is what makes me get up in the morning, well, what's next? I love people to tell me no. I love people to tell me don't, it won't, impossible. And uh, the word can't is the word can. And the word don't is the word do. And the word won't is the word one. And in the word impossible, it's possible. What do you tell them? You tell them, you know, you know that, that all they can do is learn and come back bigger, better, stronger, because all it's going to do is lead you in the right direction. See, if you're always winning, then you don't really understand what it is to win. you, you got to take
take those losses, you gotta take those hits. There's gotta be the valleys, the peaks, the ups, the downs. In order for you to, when it does happen, you go, wow, terrible. You know, this is what it's all about. On behalf of all of us here at Slam Radio, we would like to thank you, Pitbull, for making this dream become a reality. Slam Radio, what's up? From Enrique Santos, 1249, I Heart Latino. All right, so our final segment of TMA with Nick Hamilton here on Sirius XM, Slam Radio 145. Appreciate you joining me here. Make sure you follow me on Instagram at Nick Hamilton LA and on Twitter at Nick Hamilton 213. Time of possession is often important. As I said, we talked about before the break, the Rams and the Packers and that debacle at Lambeau. Uh, Rams had 20 minutes and 20 seconds time of possession. Packers over 40 minutes. You do the math. And I said before the game, time of possession was going to be key to victory for whoever has it. And fortunately, the Packers somehow found it with a nine-toe quarterback. Imagine that. A quarterback that has been tearing up the charts lately, Justin Herbert. And Justin Herbert looked extremely well on Sunday night football against the Pittsburgh Steelers, especially in that fourth quarter comeback from from behind win as they were trading blows like two heavyweights on Sunday night football. So you figured, okay, they're coming off a great win. They got the energy. They go up to mile high, AFC West opponent. Nope. Came up shorter than Gary Coleman at a urinal. Just let me tell you something. This Charger team is still not the Charger team they need to be. And this Charger team came into my high, and I, it, it may have some overconfidence, I don't know. But when I look at what Teddy Bridgewater did in that game, when I look at Melvin Gordon, who always gets amped up against the Chargers, but Patrick Sertan, Patrick Sertan had two interceptions off Justin Herbert. One for pick six. When he tried to throw it and force the ball to Austin Eckler, who he acted like Austin Eckler was Randy Moss, like he was 6'6". And Austin Eckler, barely 5'10", with shoes. And overthrows him and goes right to Patrick Sertan, who goes down the sidelines into the end zone for the touchdown. Justin Herbert, even though he had 303 yards, two touchdowns, two INTs, he was sacked three times for 18-yard loss. The thing that, that bothers me about this Chargers team is simply this, the O-line. The O-line has to do a much better job of protecting Justin Herbert. He's getting hit way too much. And the interesting part about all of this is that when I look at, when I look at this Chargers team, I mean, he was sacked three times, as I said, but he was hit 10 times. If you're hitting, if your quarterback's getting hit 10 times, it's going to affect his ability to find his targets and move the ball down the field. Um, way too many hits on the quarterback. He was he was roughed up in the Steelers game. He was roughed up in the game before that. The O-line's got to do a much better job of protecting Justin Herbert. If you want Justin Herbert to last and to try to get you into a playoff berth, he cannot be getting hit that many times. He's going to get hit, yes, he's a quarterback, but 10 times? Jesus Christ. I mean, what are, you, what are you trying to do? Knock him out the game? Give him a concussion? What are you guys waiting on? If him to get a concussion and he can't come back in the game? Then what do you do? Justin, you got to protect Justin Herbert much better than that. Guys have got to start stepping up. And this is the sense of urgency. Yes, Joey Bosa had a sack. I think he has like seven and a half sacks on the season. Joey Bosa's a beast. Derwin James had an interception, but 
didn't really go nowhere, but still had an interception nonetheless, which is great for Derwin James, who I think is sensational. The Los Angeles Chargers got to do a better job, man. You can't go into Denver and pretty much get blown out. And yes, you got a last minute garbage time touchdown in the back of the end zone. I mean, it was so far back, you would go, you were crossing the property line <laughs> when it came to Jared Cook. And these are the games that are going to count against you. Now you're two games back. If you would have won this game, you could have been still in contention for that number one spot in the AFC West. And then when you go head up against the Chiefs at SoFi and happen to beat the Chiefs, you could have took, you could have had sole possession in the first place. Now you got to play catch up. And it's not going to get any, any easier against the, the Cincinnati Bengals. Because the Bengals are rolling. They steamrolled over the Pittsburgh Steelers. They the Steelers look soft as Connell t- tissue. And the still and the Bengals actually coming alive at the right time. They have one of the, the probably offensive rookie of the year, Jamar Chase. How the hell are you gonna stop Jamar Chase? I don't know. And Joe Burrow coming off that injury looked like he didn't he didn't miss a lick. So the defense is gonna have their 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 hands full today uh next Sunday. In Cincinnati, could be another L. Speaking of another L, I know Jake is gonna hate me for this one, but the Clippers got blown out. I was there. I saw it. <laughs> yes, yes, you were. Yes, you were. And the cold part about it is, Jake, here's the thing. The Clippers have been playing well as of late. They right? Have, They've been yeah. playing pretty well as of late. Guys are starting to come back. Eric Bledsoe. Yep. You got Reggie Jackson. You know, Serge Ibaka. Even Ivica Zubak. Besides, anybody not named Paul George. We know what Paul George can do. He's been right? balling, too. Yep. And Paul George has been balling since game one. Yep. Right? So, I don't even. All I, I know what Paul George is. Yep. Yeah. I MVPG, I know what he's capable of. <laughs> yes, sir. But we know the Golden State Warriors are probably one of the best teams in the NBA. Oh, the defense, man. They were like ball hawks out there. They were, man, they were like playing defensive back out there, still in going, going through the passing lanes, cutting off the ball, still. In, oh, my God. It was terrible. 26 turnovers for the Clippers. And at. And to add insult to injury, James Wiseman and Clay Thompson have finally gotten their uh, GD yeah. assignments. It's <laughs> just not going to make it any better. Man, if they don't win it all, man, oh, my God, that team is scary. It's not going to make it any better. Yes, they're, yes, Steph Curry's shot selection is probably going to go down the tab because now you're adding Clay Thompson in, which I'm sure they're going to bring in Clay Thompson slow because they don't want they want to avoid you know more injuries to him. James Wiseman is going to come in there looking like the big dog of the yard. Mm-hmm. You know, we're talking about Roman Reigns. This is my yard. Yeah. He, he is, yeah. James Wiseman, James, James Wiseman is going to have his yard back. One of the hottest teams that's going under the radar in the Phoenix Suns. Oh, yeah. These guys have won, what, 15 straight? Yep. The Phoenix Suns are that team that you know they, they got a chip on their shoulder the size of Frito Lay. They are coming in. Because they are still pissed from last year losing in the NBA Finals to Giannis and the Milwaukee Bucks, so they feel like they have a lot to prove. I know DeAndre Ayton has to feel like he has a lot to prove because the Suns did not offer him a contract extension, so now he's coming in there like gangbusters. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, those guys are playing on one accord. And you look at the West; everybody looks at the Lakers, who who mm. who looks continue to look mediocre. <laughs> And as I and I'm going to say it again. The Lakers are mediocre; they're not going to get any better anytime soon. And the seat is getting really, really hot for Frank Vogel, because on Friday night they went they lost in triple overtime to a subpar Sacramento Kings team. 
that lit them up. Yep. Buddy Hill reminded the Lakers, you should have traded for me instead of Westbrook. <laughs> yeah. I think Buddy Hill circled that game on the calendar saying, oh, I'm coming to Staples against these guys? Yes. Oh, yeah, I'm lighting <laughs> it up. De'Aaron Fox played 53 minutes total in that game. De'Aaron Fox was absolutely outstanding. Yeah. But Buddy Hill came in there and said, this one is for Westbrook. It's like every time he made a shot, he was like, Westbrook, huh? <laughs> Whap. Westbrook, huh? Jay's still wet. The, the game. Hey, LeBron, the, the Jay's still wet. <laughs> Alex Lou came in the second and third overtimes and dominated. Completely took away Anthony Davis. Yes, he did. My question is, Frank Vogel, how is Anthony Davis, being who he is, not even touch the ball or sniff the ball in the third overtime? You, you ran Carmelo Anthony for about 44 minutes in that game. Carmelo Anthony ain't he ain't no spring chicken. No. Why you ran Anthony, Anthony uh, Carmelo Anthony into the ground? Didn't touch Rondo. Turn over Horton Tucker. I mean, he was <laughs> in and out. And I love THT. THT is my guy. But uh, let's call a spade a spade. Yeah, Westbrook had a triple double, but we've seen that before. That's he's em- had triple doubles and losses before. Yeah. More so, than he's had in wins. The empty we've seen stats. that before. Empty stats, bro. LeBron. I mean, LeBron is LeBron, but this team is not going to work. First of all, the rotations stink. Terrible. They barely, and they. I think they won by four, I think about four or five points on Sunday night against the Pistons. Yeah. A Pistons are a subpar team. You're barely, and, and LeBron got to come back in to save y'all again. <laughs> again. Like, this is a team Everybody focused on this team early in the season because they thought, oh, this is going to be the team to beat. This is going to be the team to beat. Golden State, Phoenix, got something to say about that. And, and it's not going to get any easier as they move towards Christmas. And don't be surprised if they get rid of Frank Vogel. If they, have, if they continue to be 500 or below and it's Christmas Day and they lose that game against the Nets, don't be surprised if Frank Vogel's up out of here. Hey, but let's put some of that blame where it belongs to LeBron James. He wanted all these people here. That was him. He called that. I'll say it out loud. I don't care. He wanted these people here. And look what happened. Look what happened. Subpar. Yeah. If this team was in 2014, man, I'd be scared. It's not 2014. And these cats are almost at AARP status. So old. I said what I said. discounts at IHOP. (laughs) Early bird special all up in there. So I said what I said, Nick. I said what I said. Hey, man, well, I know you got something cooking in there, man. So uh, let's see what you got going. All right, let's Time do this. Brunch. Let's eat. All right. So what happens in Seattle? How long does Pete Carroll have as head coach? And will quarterback Russell Wilson pull a Matt Stafford-type deal to get out and go where, where, where can he end up? Where do you think he goes? Uh, Pete Carroll's about to be 70 years old. I think his time has come. Pete Carroll's accomplished. He changed the culture in Seattle. He got them to two Super Bowls, won a Super Bowl, uh, made Russell Wilson a household name. Uh, Russell Wilson's going to the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. I think it's time for them to to start over from scratch. I like DK Metcalf. I still think he's a talented receiver, but it's not enough. They're probably not going to make the playoffs this year. If you're Russell Wilson, you got it probably with two years left. Mm-hmm. Where does he go? That's tough. Um, 
I know a lot of people talk about the Giants, but why would you go to the Giants? I understand the market, and obviously his wife is Sierra, and that would be great for them yeah. as a as a brand. But the Giants aren't just aren't there, and you don't want that pressure trying to resurrect a dead franchise. Um, not even Undertaker could bring them back. <laughs> um, I would say New Orleans could be a spot. Mm. I think New Orleans has some talent. I think they're missing the quarterback. We don't know when Jameis is going to come back off that injury. Yeah. That was a very severe injury for him. Um, Taysom Hill, I don't believe in him at all. Uh, he's about as real as a $4 bill. Uh, <laughs> so I think if you could slide Russell Russell Wilson in there, I think Miami could be a place for Russell Wilson as well because, I mean, they, they've been trying to get rid of Tua for a while. And, and they had Tua maybe playing some some good games as of late, but trust me, they had a chance to get Russell Wilson. They'll, they'll put Tua out to, on, on Interstate at 95 real quick. Um, they'll drop him off in Carroll City somewhere. Um, <laughs> so those are two places I can see him going. I know there was talk of Chicago at some point. Yeah, um, last year but when he was going through that whole thing on the Dan Patrick show. Yeah, and stuff. yeah I remember that. Yeah, so I, I, those are the two destinations I can see him going to, to be honest with you. Now, hear me out. This might sound crazy, but it might work. You know, I know there's some contract dealings that have to be done. He has a big, fat crib in L.A. in the offseason. Don't even start that, man. Everybody got a crib in L.A. Don't even start. I, but I'm just saying, bro, you know, maybe no. the Rams might want to take a chance, man. Come on. No. Come no, on, man. No. They're not plus they're not gonna trade it within a division anyway. Hey, you know, desperate times come for desperate measures. I, I, I would like to see it. That's just me. Look at you. Oh, <laughs> just... you it's always Madden. <laughs> you always play Madden. I'll just turn off the power on my Madden console. All right, moving on. Vanessa Bryant filled wine trademarks uh through the Kobe Bryant estate. Would you drink the Mambo Vino wine? I would try it. I would actually try it, honestly, because I know he's he. At, at the time, Kobe was a big wine connoisseur. Yes, he was. Um, obviously, he grew up. He just spent a lot of time in Italy. I know he still has some 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 dealings back in Italy. Uh-huh. Um, why not? I mean, I tell you what, the LeBron, the Lobos, uh, what is that? The tequila that he has. Yeah, it's really smooth. Like yeah. I was stunningly surprised. Um, so LeBron did his thing with the Lobos. Um with that tequila it was it's really good so yeah I'll, I'll definitely be open to try i'll tell you another good wine too man Ter- terrell owens man got a wine at 81 at 81 vino i saw man. you sipping on that a, a few weeks back yeah man it, that's it, some good stuff it, man Shout yeah. out to, well jackie i have to give credit to jackie ray man she she's the one to introduced me to it and um it was good wine man it was it was it, it went down smooth it had a great taste to it very mm. flavorful right I'm definitely down to try some Kobe wine now. Yeah. I know, you know, we we all know the stat, the, the standard of Kobe, especially oh, yeah. you know what Vanessa's doing with his with his you know with his name. So she's not gonna come up short with his name. So I'm definitely looking forward to trying that wine. Well, you know, I have to, you know, everybody when they come out with a wine, like it almost seems like it's a hobby or an afterthought. I'm a little worried about that, but hey, I would try it. I would try it. I'm not even a wine guy. You know, like Snoop got his own wine and all that. Like I haven't tried any of that. Everybody says it's good. I don't know, but I would try it based off the strength that, you know, Kobe Bryant's not going to put out a, a, a booty product. So, you know, in his no, legacy, you know, they're going to do everything they can. So that's the moment's brunch, my man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Yes, sir. Let, uh, before we get on out of here, I definitely want to pay homage. And, you know, we lost a definitely a, a, a cultural icon, a fashion icon uh, in, in Virgil Abloh. 
Uh, he was a streetwear artist that uh, became eventually became the first black man to be the artistic director executive for Louis Vuitton. Um, he was also creator of his own line, the Off-White line, which eventually was acquired by uh, Louis Vuitton's parent company. Um, and he also did some great stuff, man. He was always for the culture. Always, uh, you know, he created a one million dollar scholarship fund uh, for more black students to get involved into the fashion industry and give them a pipeline to the fashion industry. Uh, he passed away of cancer. He'd been dealing. He'd been battling cancer, I believe, for a while um, and, and kept it very private, which he has every right to do. Um, that's that man's health and in between him and his family, uh, much like we saw Chadwick Boseman go through it uh, with his family privately. Uh, but unfortunately, cancer. Uh, he didn't, you know, he, he, he was unable to, to, to beat it in that way. Um, but he was survived by his wife and two kids. Uh, man was 41 years of age. So rest in peace to Virgil Abloh. Uh, the man was a pioneer, definitely wasn't scared. Um, you know, grabbed life by the horns, has a lot of wisdom at such a young age. Um, you know, talked to a lot of young people, encouraged them, inspired people across the board. Uh, I happened to watch a few of his interviews. And uh, just a sad situation, man, to see somebody so young at 41 years of age. And, you know, I'm always like F cancer anyway. Um, but this just puts the stamp on F cancer. Um, and, you know, again, rest in peace. My condolences out to his family and his friends and colleagues. Um, strength and healing energy out to them. And uh, gone but never forgotten, man. So rest in peace. All right, y'all. That is our show for this week. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you miss any portion of this broadcast, make sure you download and subscribe to us on all streaming platforms, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, all for free 99 For my man, ex- executive producer extraordinaire, Big Brother Jake, a.k.a. Jake Warner, his government name, and Nightcast Media and everybody at SiriusXM and Slam Radio 145. I'm Nick Hamilton. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next week, y'all stay sharp. Take care. I'm out.